to me. What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. Hello, babes. You're at the Headbangers Rock Show, where the past is still kicking ass. This isn't a podcast for nerds, hosers, piecers, or dudes that dress like girls. Unless those dudes play 80s metal, then, well, that's hot. Because nothing gets a girl looser than an ice-cold wine cooler and a monster riff. Now, here's your hosts, Joe and Chris, to take you on a sticky sweet adventure back to a time when rock and metal ruled the schools. The Headbangers Rock Show starts now. Headbangers Rock Show, we're back. I'm Joe, across the way from me is... Chris 51. Hi, Joseph. Well, hello. How are you? (laughs) It's Headbangers Rock Show, and here we are. What do you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, good morning. You know, it's kind of funny. We we record these episodes um, kind of when we can in, in coming up to the uh, launch time. And, you know, typically when we're here, um, I don't know, it's usually more of an afternoon, evening type of thing. Mm-hmm. We happen to be a little bit earlier today. Yeah. And it's throwing me off a tiny bit. Because yeah, you actually have a Starbucks instead of a beer, I'm shocked. <laughs> you know, there's things that you do in 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 like it's like when you do this, you often do that, right? Like in, it, they they pair together nicely. You know, mm-hmm. like for you, I don't know, when you wake up in the morning, you put on your t-shirt, then you put your pocket protector on, right? <laughs> exactly. For you, How right? Do you know? Yeah. You or when when you get on your bike, you put on your helmet, right? Exactly. When I do the podcast, I usually have a beer, right? Two things throwing me off. I feel so. If today I'm not as loose as normal. I mean, for God's sakes, please forgive me because a Starbucks coffee while doing this? Good Lord. That's the best thing. I should have the pocket protector on. Starbucks coffee and a little bit of... uh, Well, I did get a a coffee with an extra shot because I thought, you know, if I'm not going to have beer, I might as well have something to, uh, you know, give me some kind of little kick. Loosen loosen me around the edges a little bit. Actually, that might tighten me up. I'll loosen you up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Speaking of which... um, um, I saw something about Winger the other day. So you're going to loosen it up. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what it was now. Oh, was it Was it that they were supposed to... Um, yeah, they were supposed to be on tour with somebody. Oh, Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like maybe it was over in Europe or something like that. And they just had to cancel going to Europe with Skid Row. Really? And I don't know why. I just said uh, due to like unforeseen circumstances, I... I always want to oh. see more. Like if it, maybe it was just like a, you know, maybe it's a scheduling thing ultimately, or but you know, I didn't know if there was some kind of weird like, you oh. know, maybe they didn't like the new lead singer, no. you know, maybe I don't know. It's kind of strange. Speaking, but um, speaking of live shows, you yeah. know, before our next podcast, uh, before our next show, I will have seen um, the Motley Crue Stadium tour. Definitely. Are you going? Yeah, I'm going. I thought you. I thought you were trying son. to sell your tickets. No, those were an extra pair of tickets I had. I'm oh. taking my son, so I'll be able oh. to report back. Okay. Oh, uh, nice. Stadium tour. Okay. Yeah. That'll be good because I've seen, uh, you know, cell phone video footage of people at the concerts, you know, on mm-hmm. YouTube and stuff like that. And um, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, you know, as far I haven't seen much. I saw a little bit of Poison. Mm-hmm. I've seen a, a lot of Motley Crue. Right. I don't think I've seen any of the Def Leppard video footage yet. Um, but f- f- early 
indicators are that poison kicks butt. Um, Def Leppard's pretty good, and Motley Crue is kind of like a distant third. Right. Um, right and I do. I did see some cuts. You know, Vince. At least he's he's uh, he's you know he's kind of singing. I guess a little bit more than normal. If he if he if he says you know four of the. 10 words in a in a verse he's That's saying more than normal yeah. yeah well yeah he's he's if he normally does four i guess he's up to maybe six now oh, you know okay so you know like um and then uh you know nikki st- he still he still kind of gets out and rocks it and tommy you know he wasn't there for a while yeah i don't know if he's back full time now or not yeah he's back okay yeah. and mick god for, i mean i i love mick i love the fact that he's still doing it but my god the dude yeah. can't i mean he's like a I feel sorry for him i do too i mean god. it looks like you know he just he has to stand still because of whatever that is he has that yeah. that that debilitating disease that uh he, he's like a it's almost like it's almost like he's and his face is always pale white it's almost like he's like dead yeah and they, they just propped him up to he's play like guitar the, the guy on the cover of that anthrax among the living album like, that's or, or he reminds me like like weekend at mars you know yeah, <laughs> like birdie you know I, it's know, like he's dead but nobody really knows yeah. how to bring him up there because he's I, saw, I mean i remember I, I remember seeing crew a decade ago and i was like this is the last time i'll ever see mcmars there's no oh, way yeah. he's gonna be living any longer he's yeah still going I don't I, know so i saw that that supposedly quote-unquote final tour yeah which was i think 2015 yeah, that was seven years ago, and I remember seven years ago. Yeah, he didn't look like he could, yeah. he could barely move then. I thought, you know, yeah, good thing they're going out like this because I don't think right. Mick Mars would be alive in much longer. But to his credit, you know, he's still up there and he's still playing. But it just it looks weird, man. I don't know. It looks so mm. labored, you know. Yeah. And it just I'm just like, oh man, still doing it though. I, I mean, you know, if they're I, I don't know. It always makes me wonder too. Did they come back? Because you know, I think part of it, you know, I think. I think Nikki and and well, I think Nikki for sure probably you know they they thought okay let's go out with a with a bang you know band should go out they shouldn't stay at the party too long type of thing and yeah. you know there's some something to be said for that but I think also they realized after they said they weren't going to tour anymore that you know big rock shows are still happening I think yeah. they were thinking maybe this is kind of a die a dying you know like a dinosaur right. But no, big rock shows are still cruising, you know, and especially, um, I know they had the, you know, they got delayed by COVID, all the shutdown nonsense, but I don't know. It should be interesting. Yeah. You'll have, you have to tell me who, who, well, is, who is the best of the three, right? you know? You're going to see all three, right? Or are you going to do no, like yeah. I do and show up really late? No. Because I'm, I'm in the beer line? I'm with my son. No. We're going to see all three. <laughs> you're not going to do like likes I like Poison and Def Leppard too, so he uh, wants to see oh, those. okay, yeah. okay. All right. Well, um, speaking of... Speaking of some news, um, what do you? I wanted to get your opinion because um, I, I mean, there's a there's opinions out there galore on this subject. Okay, but um, the Pantera stuff coming up. Oh yeah, with Charlie and um, Zach Wild mm-hmm. subbing in for you know Vinny and Dimebag. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be um, it's gonna be uh, Phil still on vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name on? Ba- uh, why can't I think? Rex, of- is Rex, Rex yeah. yeah, Rex Brown mm-hmm. on bass. The two surviving members of Pantera, yeah. and then Charlie Benante on uh, drums and Zach Wild on guitar. And I, from what I gather, you know those two guys, Charlie and Zach, you know they're doing it as they see it as a as a tribute type Absolutely. of thing, you know, um, to the contribution that Pantera had. And there's no doubt that there there was a there was a short span of time there where Pantera their contribution to this like to the newer thrash you know 
uh, was huge. Mm-hmm. But what's your opinion? I mean, good. Uh, should they do I, it? Does it I sound like a it. money I, grab? I think I, I have a little more personal attachment to it because, you know, Charlie's a friend of mine. I tattoo Charlie mm-hmm. often. And I've talked to him about um, <clears throat> about this. And he has just a huge love for Vinny mm-hmm. and Pantera. And he was friends with him. You know, he was close, close friends with him. And it hit him yeah. hard when Vinny passed. And I think it'd be different if they got some new, like, you know, a Vedden sevenfold drummer or something mm-hmm. like this. But the mm-hmm. fact that... You know, and, and Zach was great friends with Dime. Sure. And idolized him and they he taught him stuff, you know. So I think that that fact that these guys were close friends and I think that those guys are there like if if Dime and Vinny had a say, they'd be like, hell yeah, you picked the right two guys, mm-hmm. you know, like. Mm-hmm. So I think, like you said, it is more of a tribute. And, mm-hmm. and Charlie had a statement online saying that. Hey, you know, if you're if you're these purest Pantera fans that don't want to see it, he, he said, then don't fucking come to the show. Right, right. You know, we're doing it out of love for Pantera. Mm-hmm. They, de- they definitely don't need the money. You know, I mean, so yeah, uh, I think they're doing it for the right reasons. I love mm-hmm, it. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. see it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if it came around here, I would see it. I wonder. So I haven't heard much as far. Are they do? I know they're calling it Pantera. Yeah, you know, you're going to see Pantera, so that's not like they're set. They're not calling it like, you know, Phil and Rex's Pantera. You know, like right, somehow right. like they do like. Like, like Jack Russell's Great Jack White, Jack Russell's Great White, or yeah. Stephen Piercy's Rat, or you know, it's not that they're just straight up calling it Pantera and not like a tribute. Um, but I wonder if they're going to do. So I wonder then if they're going to do straight uh, Pantera, or if they're going to with Zach and Charlie there. If they're going to dabble around, maybe throw an Anthrax cut in there. I don't know. Maybe throw a you know an Aussie cut from you know something that Zach's done, or or like a. a well, I mean, Zach sings for he's the singer in Black Label, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So he could. I mean, they about could ten albums. Yeah, know? they could do a they could do a Black Label song totally or two. Could. But I, I wonder. It's gonna be about that though. I think that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they're gonna stay away from that and strictly do Pantera stuff, or if they're going to, uh, you know, because I don't I don't know I don't because yeah. I'm like with you. I think I think it's okay. I think it's fine. I don't think you know, um, uh, you know, Pantera was great, but it's not like. Van Halen going on tour without Eddie Van Halen. Now that would be right. weird if you had like Joe Satriani with all the, you know, yeah. with Alex and Michael and and Sammy or something like that. That would be weird. You wouldn't really want to call it Van Halen anymore. Yeah. But with Pantera, I mean, I think it's I think it's okay to do that. They're not, you know, they're not as big as a, you know, it's not. And and those two guys, even though they were brothers and they were kind of the pioneers of that band. Um, you know, I think that I think that Phil's way of singing, his voice and everything, is is as much a uh, distinction with Pantera as any of the music right. that they, you know, dimes guitar or anything. So. And the fact the fact that they got those two guys that have monstrous careers on their own that rival, if not supersede Pantera, they don't need to do this. They're doing yeah. it out of tribute. So I think that's great. It's not some up and comer trying to make a name for himself off of Pantera stuff. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's true too. I didn't think about it. What if they What if they had just got um, what if they had just got two kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, no names, nobodies, right. or, or guys that were good players, but like studio guys that right, exactly. nobody really knows their name, but they're, you know, talented players. Would that be weirder? Or is it is it better that they got two like big name guys in the industry? I definitely think it's better. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. So yeah, yeah I don't think it's, I'm, I'm pretty cool with it too. I, I think it actually would be kind of fun to go see that. I do too. Just because you're, you know, as being a fan of Anthrax's and Zach Wilde's right. and Pantera's, it's kind of like, oh, right. that's cool. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I wonder if it is going to come around. That'd be interesting. We'll have to go see that for sure. I hope so. I hope you know? do a big old tour. Although I'm not going to go in the mosh pit anymore. I'm way too old for that. Oh God, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> even, st- I couldn't even get within 50 feet of that thing. Oh. Um, Okay. Oh wait! Before so, we start, oh yeah, I got yeah, a gift yeah, for yeah. you. You do. 
That's right. I've been, I've been known for these nice little surprises for you, although I never get any return. Yeah, no, you don't, because I'm I'm just uh, I'm really bad at um, finding things. <laughs> yeah, you got some football plays for me there? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah our cover <laughs> photos. But you know, I'm, on my record store uh, endeavors, I found yeah. something from one of your all-time favorite albums, and I know you don't have this. It's it's harder to find these days. One of my all-time favorite albums. Yep, okay, but, uh, okay. It looks like a little look at that. Like uh, a little single. Let's see what it is. Ooh. Oh wow! Okay, so um, for those people that can't see through their radios, um, what like it is that? is that's cool. It is a you know Chris and I definitely have each have a, a fairly substantial vinyl collection and mm-hmm. a lot of <laughs> '80s rock vinyl. This is a single, so this is a 45 of the band Autograph in the song "Turn Up the Radio." I wonder what's the B side on this. I don't know. Ooh. Here we go. Isn't that cool though. It's in great shape yeah, too. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so it's Thrill of Love, which is one of my favorite songs Ooh, on that. This is nice. the B-side. Thought you'd like well, that, that is sweet. Yeah, that is awesome. We'll have to play it on the old record yeah, player right so behind cool. you there yeah. in a little while. You got, you got me a... Uh, didn't you get me another 45 one time? What was it? Yeah, I got you another one. I also got you VHS last time of like right, right. winger videos yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I think the last one you got me was a 45, too. I can't remember yeah. who it was, but nice. Where, where, yeah. where was the record store this one was uh, from? This one was in uh, Salem. This is insane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, one more thing that I don't have a list today. No so list. No okay, list. Good. I know. I know. I, I figured you know, I'd give you a break on the list. Talk about the subject at hand, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The lists can, they can, well, they do two things. They, they piss me off. <laughs> they what? piss you off. <laughs> they piss me off and they, uh, they absorb a lot of our time, but they're fun. Not to say I didn't come across a list or two, but none of them really stuck out at me this time. Right, you know, right. I did see I did see a couple lists, but um, yeah. No, no, although, <laughs> God, one list um, I did come across was um, uh, Motley Crue, like the top top Motley Crue's ten best songs, right? Uh huh. God, don't tell me it was like Doctor Feelgood number one and no, 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 Doctor Feelgood. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that great. Okay, number one was Home Sweet Home. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like who, who the hell would make that list and call god. it? You know, some uh, you, the the person that puts "Home Sweet Home" as the best Motley Crue song is the one person that can you know probably not name ten exactly. Motley Crue songs. Exactly. You know, they probably get to like six and be like, "That's good enough." I would but, see that number one, and I would just just look to a different list. Yeah, like I'd be skipping right. All back. right, so um, thanks again. If you guys are listening, Headbangers Rock Show, where we talk about rock. One more thing, rock to talk about real quick before we. Uh, talk about the rock that we were going to talk about. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so did you see, you know, for me, I, I think this is kind of going to be cool. I'm glad that it's going to be available like on iTunes and stuff too, but Kiss is doing a Creatures of the Night 40th anniversary. Like, you know, if you buy the CDs, it's like 10 CDs or something like that, or like a couple vinyls or, uh-huh. and it's going to be all available to stream too. Oh. Got a ton. It's like it's something like 75 songs. Really? Yeah. Which is I didn't see that. 65 more than they're on the album or yeah. 66 more than on the album. Um, wow. A lot of them are, you know, a lot of them are just like live here, live there. Yeah. But there are some, Studio I saw. Studio demos? Yeah, anything? I saw some of the oh. lists. There's some, there's some like early demos of stuff that ended up on Lick It Up. Ooh. There's some songs that um, probably just didn't make the cut for Creatures, which that's always the tough stuff I like to hear. Yeah, me too. It's like those songs that, you know, when they whittled it down to the nine that are on there, what did they have to cut out? Right. You know, I don't care about the live stuff. In fact, oh, the God, live stuff kind of annoys yeah, me. I don't like but, to listen to the live stuff, but yeah. yeah, those are cool. And and early demos can be interesting sometimes to listen to to see how much, you know, something right. changed. Right. But yeah, I thought some of those songs that are going to be on there will be kind of like, you know, a bonus creatures. Oh, I'll definitely be streaming you know? that for that'd sure. Be, yeah, that'd be sweet. Okay. 
So that's where we're at today. Headbangers Rock Show, where we talk about rock. Today, nothing different. We're talking about rock. That's 80s 80s rock, of course. Um, and, you know, speaking of lists, you, you and I always um, tailor our show a little bit sometimes around, you know, what is the best of this? Or, you know, we kind of formulate our own lists often. Yeah, we do a lot of top fives. A lot of top fives, a lot of top tens, whatever, mm-hmm. best album from this year, whatever like that. Um, and what we thought we would do because this is this is interesting you know when you think about the 80s and we're specifically talking from 1980 to 1989 Mm -hmm. um i think that there was a pretty a pretty thick line of demarcation right about in the middle of it when it comes to 80s rock you know what i mean no not to use big words like that. yeah (laughs) that's that's right (laughs) you mean in the middle yeah yeah a big fat line that you could just just cut it in half right okay (laughs) So you cut it in half, and the early 80s definitely had a sound and image um, when, it, when it pertains to 80s, you know, glam, Absolutely. rock, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then the later ha- half of the 80s had its own kind of, it. you know, even some of the bands that were around in the early 80s, they sort of transitioned to what would be sort of a different, uh, not different sound per se, but, you know, for example, a lot of... Uh, artists began um, incorporating uh, keyboards right. post-85, right? right? I mean, for God's sakes, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest started yeah. using yeah. keyboards. I mean, if those two bands... So, I mean, you know, obviously you had the Von Jovi's autograph, heavy mm-hmm. keyboards. Um, Van Halen started using more keyboards in the 80s. Um, hell, I think even Aerosmith had a little bit, you know, one of the pump and permanent vacation stuff. Had a little, There were some keyboards in there. Uh, I think, um, but yeah. So I mean, that's that's one thing you can say that was um, a little different. And I think, and I think the, I think the obviously the outfits began. You know, they started in the early '80s as fairly flamboyant. You know, I mean, you had Motley Crue looking like Satan. You know, Rat was still. They had that. They had all had that look. But then in the latter half of the '80s, I think. I think again, Motley Crue's Theater of Pain garb sort of ushered this in. Yeah. But a lot of the bands that came out. In the latter half of the '80s, the Poisons, the Cinderellas, the Warrants—they all went with that really doll, dolly look, you know, like Andy dolled Fox, up dudes, you know, really makeup and you know, just just super. They took like flamboyant to the next level, right. you know what I mean? Um, so there were some changes. Like I said, there was some added, you know, add in some keyboards for some bands. Uh, the look got a little different. Um, I would say, you know, I would say honestly, for a little while, some of the latter the latter half '80s from '80 to like 88 I think a lot of the production value of some of those albums kind of took a took a nosedive too I agree I felt I feel like you know some of the even like you know Motley Crue's Girls 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 um, mm-hmm. some of the you know some of the albums just it seemed like the production dropped off Rats um, Dancing Undercover mm-hmm. just it just didn't sound as good they just they took a lot of the low end out and it just sounded you know not a, it was a little bit more tinny anyway so there were there were definitely differences so what we're going to do is we're going to um, look at some of the bands um, and the albums from 1980 to 84, and then from 85 to 89. Kind of call it, you know, two different eras of glam metal, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, so what we did was we said we'll come up with a list of our, you know, what would what could amount to what we think are at least five of the best. Maybe not our favorite, whatever, but five of the best albums from each era. And then kind of go head to head and see like, well, yeah, overall, which five do you think you like better? Right. I don't know if it would necessarily mean that we 
would make a distinction between which era necessarily was better because i mean there's some there's yeah. some um um albums i like um in both eras right. is that drizzly ding dong drizzly <laughs> it is <laughs> let's play some music i'll go get the drizzly at the door <laughs> If that really were um, drizzly, how um, ironic would that be? Because, you know, <laughs> I'm drinking my coffee this morning mm-hmm. and we're recording the show. Obviously, you know, when people podcast, they generally podcast from home, right? right. Um, or, you know, maybe an office or maybe your tattoo parlor occasionally we've done. It just kind of depends. We're always together when we do it. We don't do it via Zoom. So, uh, but, you know, that's the... Um, that's the charm of podcasts, you know, unlike the radio, anything could go, dogs could be barking, birds could be chirping, kids could be yelling, kids could be yelling, uh, uh, neighborhood kids could come around, ring the doorbell, yep. we hear we thinking it's ding dong grizzly, and it's I'm not. I thought it wasn't Girl Scouts, because I would have been over here with the 10 boxes of Oh, yeah, you know, they, I haven't had Girl Scouts come around in forever. I don't think they do anymore. I, I think, think they, they just, just sit out in front of Walmart or something. stand you know? in front of the grocery store now yeah. and just do it that way. Um, okay, so... Um, Anyways, uh, there you go. List. Thrill of Love, by the way, that was yeah, uh, there you go. You gave, gave us a little gave us a little pause to listen to the um, uh, Thrill of Love, the B side for Turn Up the Radio. Um, okay, so where were we before Ding Dong Grizzly came we're about around? To start our list. Oh, that's right. Okay, we're just explaining it. Uh, okay, so here's what I tried to do too. See, I think it's interesting because you know when you and I came about 
when we came about. <laughs> when we came about, as we were swimming through the fallopian tubes. Um, no, uh, as we were coming of age, I should say, and this music was our bread and butter. You know, we were ten years old, eleven years old. We were, you know, that was the early eighties for us. So right. a lot of the stuff that you know, a lot of it would have been really easy for me to just say, you know, mental health, pyromania, shout the devil, uh, stay hungry, and um, out of the cellar, and out of the cellar. Yeah, there's my five, which. Right. It very well. Some of those might have made. Yeah, it very well could be, yeah. but what I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to see if I could, could kind of um, flex out of that a little bit, and you know, take a listen to some that, really listen to some that are are not those five mm-hmm. that I know so well, because um, this will give me a better, you know, maybe a better feel of what, which which might be the stronger era, so to speak. Um, but you know, so if I if I disinc I disclude disincluded those. Disincluded. Is that a word? <laughs> See, you, 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 you praise my uh, vocabulary <laughs> sometimes, and you shouldn't uh, disinclude. Um, I, I specifically said, okay, that would be the easy choice, so I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, but there was also a couple on there, so I've got kind of two fives for the early '80s. Mm-hmm. A five that of uh, five that I really like that aren't any of those big five, which right. which I consider the big five. Uh, of that of that I early eighties, same thing. Yeah, yeah. And and then I have another list of really good ones, and some of which um, have only recently have I introduced, or at least in the last you know t- uh, ten to twenty years, have I either you know introduced myself to it, or if they've just popped up somehow. One of them is very new, like the last two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, wow. an album that just sort of came on my radar. Wow. Um, so. I approach it a little differently. Yeah. So, I mean, I have, I basically have like a top 10 of each, of each, you know, half of the decade. But I went back and, and I know my favorite albums that have always been my favorites. You know, right. the Shout at the Devils, the, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went back with a different ear this time. And I was like, I'm really going to listen to these, not for nostalgia purposes, but for like attitude, for musicianship, for all these different aspects. You know, I tried to listen to them with a different ear. Mm. Um, because I know I love these albums, I always have. So I kind of went into it that way. So I didn't necessarily exclude them. Yeah. But my order of what I've loved my whole life has completely changed in the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Listening to these with a different ear, and, and some of them, you know, I haven't listened to the whole album, you know, on repeat several times sure. over and over, and and I I'm catching new things, and I'm like, wow, like that's not that good, or wow, that's really amazing. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, How did is. I not listen to song eight and nine on that CD forever? Like, yeah. oh my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I, I approach mine. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting, you know, especially when, you, um, when you're when you kind of, I don't want to say forced, but when you, when you know you've got something like this and you want to, you know, touch up and do some homework and you go and you listen to some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... Uh, yeah, I think I think well, it'll be interesting then. So basically, like we said, the, the the idea of this episode is to compare and contrast a little bit the early '80s versus the late '80s, and ultimately maybe we could figure out if there's a one that we prefer, you know, uh, over the other. Again, we would naturally for us it would you know we could easily say the early '80s because we were that's when we that's when we were introduced right. to this music, and then you know by the late '80s we kind of you know we we had a, a wider uh, we cast a wider net with our um, our musical taste. So, but anyways, okay. Looking at this, uh, so let me give you um, let me give you five real quick that I didn't put on my list 
that you you might agree with. And I think these are outside of the five earlier ones that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. These other five, I think, are probably the strongest of that uh, of that era. Okay. Flick of the switch. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, by ACDC. Uh, Invasion. Privacy. Uh-huh. Rat. Peace of Mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Maiden. Holy Diver Dio. And of course, High and Dry Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. So if that, you know, if I were to say, if I were to make my list excluding those five, the big five, right. but doing five of my really strong, those would be the five, but okay. I didn't do that. So yeah, I, like it. <laughs> I didn't let, do that. Let me, so give, that's you, like, let me yeah. give you my five. Okay. Um, same sort of thing. Probably some of the same bands, mm-hmm. different albums from the same bands, but same yeah. sort of thing. Top five that I thought were, or, or five <laughs> that I thought were really strong that could have made my list, but were kind of uh, groundbreaking or significant for the 80 through 85 era. Yeah. Okay. Um, Blizzard of Oz, mm-hmm. which just chock full of greatness. Um, Holy Diver, of course, mm-hmm. just like you yeah, had in your yeah, list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pyromania. Yep. Um, Too Fast for Love. Yep. And one that you never really, I've always liked it, is yep. Rebel Yell. I, I oh, think Rebel yeah. Yell was ahead of its time, you know, mm-hmm. kind of combining that that pop with punk with metal at the same yeah. time. So yeah, um, those were five that I, I could have easily put on my list somewhere to, right. that I appreciate, but they just didn't quite make it. So Okay. So let's go through the, our list of five real quick here as we, so early eighties, again, we, these are, these are now, I, basically this is my top five, excluding more or less my top 10. Right. <laughs> so right. this could be basically 11 through 15, but like I said, it was, it was a better, I thought do a, a deeper dive into stuff I don't listen to as much. Okay. On on both sides of it. Um, so this is your your top five, top five, or no? This is uh, yeah. I didn't do that as much though with the late eighties one because okay. I just didn't feel like there was enough. Anyways, but right. for the early eighties, I did. Okay. So, so eighty through eighty four, this is your your right now top five. Maybe not back in the day. Top, well, the five I used for this to to really you know right. get you know to get a get an idea. Anyways, okay. Yeah. So the the first one, I'll say, um, is. <laughs> It's a band that um, that gets not enough love on this podcast, and it should get more. Yours and mine's Crocus. <laughs> so, <laughs> Crocus, Crocus. Made your top yes, indeed, that Headhunter album. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what the this this show has opened up some uh, doors for me that I, I never thought I'd go into. You know, I never thought you'd go into it either. <laughs> That's a crocus it's, door. Next it's year, accept as number four. It's, it's opened up some closets I never knew I'd come out of. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the yeah, the Crocus Headhunter album. I don't know what it is, but it's you know sometimes if something is uh, if it's if it's enough of almost like a parody of itself, I you know I kind of I see it differently. I just I really like it. It's it's funny because his voice is ridiculous at times, mm-hmm. uh, but the riffs are the riffs can be good, and the songs are actually could be really good. You know, on that on that Headhunter album, it's got that um, one song that um, uh, what is it called? The uh, I'll have to look it I, up I here. Don't, I don't know Crocus enough. Yeah, to know. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to you don't just pull out your Crocus knowledge no, here on me. Jesus. Um, anyway, so the Headhunter album, yeah, it's it was eighty three. Did I write that down? Yeah, it was eighty three. Uh-huh. I, you know, I'm sorry, but I just, uh, so here it is, the Headhunter album. Uh, oh, God dang it. That's not, that's, hold on. Uh, Croak Us. I don't even remember music. when that came out. Like, when we were into metal. No, and that's the thing. I'm, yeah. That's the thing I'm saying. It's like, it's uh, that this, 
it, that was not something that I, I mean, I knew who Crocus was back then, but I mean, we never, yeah. you know, I, you might eventually, you might see like the neighbor kid might have had the album or something like that, but you never really listened to it. Well, it's got Screaming in the Night on it, which yeah. is actually, a, a, I, you, I love that. I mean, yeah. If you go into the, if you go into any 80s rock playlists, a lot of times right. that, that song will be in there. But oh, that song Ready to Burn. Remember mm-hmm. where he's kind of got that weird laugh in it? Yeah. We played it one time. <laughs> um, Night Wolf is a good song. I don't know. It just, they, they're, they're, Oh, I don't even know how you want to say it with Crocus. They were just cheesy enough that, like, that that you know they would they they can be kind of like I said, kind of almost a parody of themselves. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff is pretty good, and I I actually like that that Headhunter album. I didn't. I've never really gone. You know, I listened to a little bit more, but you know, I, the Headhunter album. I just I, it it kind of grew on me. So I put that okay. one at five. So that's your five. Yeah, Crocus okay. Headhunter. All right, my five. Uh, my number five from eighty through eighty four. Uh, Slipped a couple notches. Used to be in my probably top three, but it's slipped down a couple notches now. Um, See what the show does? It makes you sit. Yeah. Slip I, in, I slip still, out. I, and I almost didn't want to put it in the top five because it's, it's, a, it's a trendy pick. Yeah. But um, I just, I love the song. Oh, wait, song wait, wait. I mean, you, you making a trendy pick. There's nothing uh, I know, you know, I weird know, about I, that. I know, and I didn't want to go too down the rabbit hole like Crocus <laughs> or somebody else I know. But, you know. So, um, okay, Rat Out of the Cellar was oh, my number, my number well, five. I mean, yeah. barely made it there. You know, there was Too Fast for Love and Pyromania and Holy Diver were all right there in the mix. Uh, but so you, went, you, went with, to, you went with one of the big boys. I did because, it to me, it's just such a classic album start to finish. I love it. And I... I wanted to not love it so much listening to it over and over and again, and I just still do. I like yeah. love it even more. You know? yeah. yeah. So do you? Uh, that's interesting because if I were to have thrown a rat one on here, I would have, like I said, in my other one, it would have been Invasion. I think was an Invasion eighty. No, Invasion was eighty four. Eighty four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh no no, you're right. Invasion was eighty five. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So that would be the. Oh, that's true. That would be the. It'd be the next section. The next section. Yeah, because oh, I thought about really... Invasion, actually. Yeah, yeah, I always think of Out of the Cellar as 83, but no, it was an 84 release. Yeah. So, oh, man, invasion okay. might have even been so, 86. So, uh, scratch that then. Uh, when right. I said Invasion would have been there, that would have had to have been, according to this, what we're doing in the latter half. Right. Okay. So, the um, next one that I put on. Number four for you. My list was also a 1983 album. And, <laughs> excuse me. I can't remember. I think when we, I think a couple, a while ago when we, did um kind of that obscure album find a you know you uh-huh. oh, yeah. we each found one for each other to listen to and then right. we kind of you know you, uh, for you you got the icon one for me that's right and then i uh, i can't remember what, oh peach 69 or what was that man <laughs> yeah. sweet peach 60 sweet cream 69 yeah, or something like that, like that yeah I, uh, anyways uh, <laughs> so this was one that i was i i was started to listen to during that as i was trying to you know get something for you to listen to and it, it kind of, I listened to it and it kind of grew on me a little bit to the point where I can, I like putting it on occasionally. I don't listen to the whole album all the way through, but when I do throw some songs on, mm. I kind of dig it. I think it's, it's really right in the pocket of this era and it's that band Fastway. Really? The, yeah. the, the album is called always, Fastway. You used to always see people wearing Fastway shirts. Yeah, yeah. But you never really listened to the music. No. You know what I mean? Well, and it, yeah, because they were very obscure. So it was, it was actually yeah. Pete Way of UFO uh-huh. um, who formed the band. And that's probably when he left, why, when he all left those UFO. UFO lovers, like you know. Well, they, but they sound. I mean, Fastway. But the th- funny thing was, Pete Way isn't even on the album. He really? formed the band, got the people together, and then left and formed Wasted. W a y s t. Wasted. And the, those guys had. They were like, "Well, we're a band now. We got to make this album." So they got another bass player, and um, they uh, they made that album. Huh. And that, it's got the song. Here, let me pull it up here. 
It's got the song on it, uh, uh, Say What You Will, uh, which is a fairly yeah. popular yeah, song. Yeah, You'll hear that. that from now and then when it comes to this this era, like on you know radio or whatever. So yeah, uh, it's just got a couple like uh, like the song like Heft, which is with an exclamation point is really cool. Um, uh, Another Day is a, a really cool song. Say what you will is on the second side. You got me running. It's just I don't know. It's it's weird. It's it's very. Uh, oh, you know you want to know another funny thing about this album? What? So I forgot what the dude's name is. I was just I I was I saw this a while ago, and um, the funny thing is though the lead singer of this. Let me pull it up here. See if I still have it. Lead singer of Fastway. Nah, I must have erased it. I was I was looking it up earlier today. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, the lead singer of Fastway back then, this is 82 or whatever when they recorded it, was uh, a guy named Dave King. You know what Dave King is the singer of these days? What? Or who? Huh. Uh, Flogging Molly. Really? Yeah. He no was the way. singer in Fastway. No way. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He looks like, like a like a little like Irish limey dude with like a beard and like spiky hair no like way. and like little like and you know, Molly's like huge little glasses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and totally completely different than what Fastway would have been. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the picture of him right now and I'm like, that can't be the guy that's singing on this Fastway album, you know, because uh-huh. the Fastway dude you picture Looking like you know, looking like David Lee Roth, basically right. long blonde hair. This guy now, now he just looks. He's got a little like buzz cut, little be- little beard. He looks like a little Irish, you know, like uh, yeah. leprechaun or something. You know, I'm like, how the hell is that guy? Wow. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, so he's the singer on this, which is nuts. But um, anyways, so Fastway, I think it's a good album, um, and it's so very went- quintessential '80s sounding too. Okay, so you um, went Crocus and Fastway. <laughs> Crocus and Fastway. Whatever, my best friend. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted, I wanted to really get into this. And well, dig you deep, did. Dig deep. <laughs> okay, so what? Uh, what's your number oh, three? Okay, or so four, whatever the my, hell we're on. I mean, I think everyone in the world knows my favorite all-time '80s album, what it's always been. Um, but it slipped to number four after listening on it this week, and that's Shout at the Devil. Wow, okay. So. Um, they've, they've always been, it's always been my most favorite album ever, hands down, no yeah. matter what. No yeah. matter what genre, no matter what. Always Shout at the Devil. It's, yeah. But um, going back, I, st- I, mean, I still love it. To, you know, it's still yeah. in my yeah. favorite. For, well, yeah. for certain reasons, it's still my favorite, mm-hmm. um, especially the, the attitude of it and the rawness. Of it. But I got to admit, you know, now that I'm listening, I was listening to some other stuff and, and mm-hmm. mu- musicianship wise and, and me getting lost in the actual music and not so much the the lyrics or the attitude of the band or, you mm-hmm. know, the, the nostalgia of the band that they, they slipped, they slipped for me. So hmm. yeah, I went out of the cellar and then shout the devil is my number five, number four. Well, so much for, um, uh, following along with what I did, you basically picked the big five, which like I said, that, I, that, that just would be, that would be, I mean, again, there's, there's that list and then there's right. my list. So, okay. Right. Yeah. No, shout out the devil is, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, that's, I mean, a great album. The, the funny thing yeah. is, is like with all, with all five of the big five albums, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part, with the exception of maybe one song or two here or there, you know, every one of those albums is good from start to finish. Right, right. You know, there's no clunkers on there. I mean, there, exactly. there's probably some clunkers on Fastway, but, you know, whatever. I like the songs I like from them. So. Right. All right, for number three. Okay. So we've got Crocus, Fastway, and now we've got Y&T. Oh, my yeah. God. Shut know. up. I'm You're telling you. not even serious. This is the one that just newly, that I just newly was introduced to, like in the last couple of weeks. I'd always known the song Mean Streak. 
Yeah. You know? And they also have that, uh, what is it, Summertime Girls. Yeah. But the Mean Streak album, 82 or something? Yeah, 82. It's actually pretty stinking good. Like, um, and it, there's there's two songs on there, especially the, the songs six and seven, which I read, Hang Them High and Take You to the Limit. Hmm. Good, good songs. Like, I was listening to this thing going, it's kind of like that uh, last week. You know, I just I discovered something. I'm like, dang, I didn't yeah. realize that I... This is this got some really good tunes on it, you know. So, YNT Mean Streak for me has got it. He's uh, got my right, got get, my third spot here, I'll and then listen this yeah, week. and then well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a listen. How's okay. that? So, um, I think the song that I, uh, yeah, Hang 'Em High. So, Hang 'Em High is the six. So, basically, would have been probably song one on side two. I don't know. I don't. I never owned the vinyls. I don't know how this thing sits, but Mean Streak um, is the album YNT. And this song, Hang 'em High, I don't know. This is the one that, as I was listening to it, you know, I was kind of skipping around a little bit. And when I heard this one, it, this is when it sort of caught me. And then I kept listening to it more. Oh. So, all right. Hang 'em High, YNT. Good song. You didn't even know what it stands for during that little uh, break. You were asking me what YNT stood yeah, for. I assumed Young and Tight is what I. Which I, you know, Young and Tight would be, you know, probably um, fit the era. Yeah, it know. would. Um, but then they would probably get mistaken for thinking like, like maybe they're like a, a gay band or something. They're the yeah, Young and Tight true. ones, you know. Maybe not, you know, their appetite for Young and Tight women. Um, actually, they probably really liked Young and Loose women. You know, loose <laughs> right. as far as. Um, but no, it's just it stands for like yesterday and tomorrow, and I think if i read right and i don't know i'm not a big yt guy something like like because they were a band in the 70s they were a lot more i guess kind of more bluesy straight ahead they weren't they didn't have the the 80s sound yet in, mm-hmm. in the 80 in the 70s um and they needed they needed a name and their their manager or something because they were going to be getting a record deal or, or going something needed a name and they didn't quite have one settled so he he said they're called yesterday and tomorrow, which I guess I think is a Beatles song, maybe possibly uh-huh. too. So they were called, I think, on their first couple albums, or maybe just their first one. It actually says yesterday and tomorrow. It doesn't say Y and T. Oh, they huh. changed it later. So yeah, huh. like I said, I'm not a you know if anybody's a Y and T you know fanatic out there, that might be wrong. I don't know. I thought I read that somewhere though. 
I don't okay. know if there are any YNT fanatics. Like crocus, like crocus, fastway, and YNT. Good lord! <laughs> this is. I feel like. I feel like. <laughs> Like you the know? 80s nerd that just wanted to be <laughs> no, different no. back in the day. You know, you know, because when, we when we were younger, guys that were like, think of like that early 80s era. If we were, if we were like 16 in uh-huh. that instead of 12, right? Um, I feel like those like Crocus and Fastway and Y and T. I feel like that like when you went to the county fair in the summertime, yeah. you'd see like the the rocker dudes. They'd all be wearing T-shirts, you know. Yeah. Like the younger kids always had on like the Rat and Twisted Sister. I feel like the older kids had like the Y and T and the Rainbow and the you know <laughs> Crocus and Fastway and just you know, yeah, like, yeah, right. know kind of like the the typical you know teenage dirtbag that listens to Iron Maiden. It's true. Oh. Anyways, okay, so yeah. Three albums that I've picked so far are deep cuts, but you know, of my deep cuts, three of my favorite ones. Wow. Okay. So All I can say is wow. Yeah. Number, All right, so my number three. Your number three. What is it? Well, right, let me guess. Stay hungry. No. No. Uh, metal health. Nope. Uh, no. Uh, pyromania. Nope. No. 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 Damn that. No. So you don't have all the way jump or whatever. Nope. Nineteen eighty four. Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. My okay. number three is Power Slave. Iron Maiden. That was 84? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 84, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Barely made the cut, but yeah. I mean, barely made the, the year cut, but right, it made right. my cut. It was actually number one for quite a while for me yeah. on uh, the last couple weeks while listening to this, but um, just because musically-wise, it's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, I think to me, it's the most complete Iron Maiden album, which I didn't even think even a year ago, mm-hmm. you know? I was mm-hmm. always uh, somewhere in time or peace of mind or this yeah. or that, but and I'm listening to it over and over now. Start to finish, I think it has the best selection of songs in the, you know. Yeah. No, uh, I, it's funny because I've always, you know, Peace of Mind was kind of my intro, more or less, to Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always said that that's the best album, you know, start to finish. But yeah, there's it's weird. Power Slave was probably the one that I listened, of the Bruce Dickinson era ones, probably the one I listened to least of the first like four both of us yeah yeah me too for whatever reason it just sort of power slave was not one I listened to a lot so yeah going back on it now I mean obviously it has aces high and two minutes to midnight mm-hmm. which were semi hits for them if you want to call it that but yeah some of the deep cuts on that album. Oh, God, yeah. matter of fact one of my favorite like I always think my favorite Iron Maiden song of all time is um um stranger in a strange land mm-hmm. but I have to say that song "Flash of the Blade," which is on Power so Slave, good, yeah. damn near a close second. So, a couple of my favorite Iron Maiden songs aren't even on Peace of Mind, right. but yeah, I mean, yeah, Power Slave is a weird one because it it it's it's really good, and I, I feel like the production on it is better than both Peace of Mind and Somewhere in Time. Oh, I agree. It's just it's so it just has a just a really good aggressive sound to it. You know what it's I mean? It's weird that it eluded us. Yeah. Both. Right. During uh, maybe we were just so in a shout the devil, the big five that yeah, it just kind of yeah. eluded us, and then and then we picked back up with somewhere in time, you know. Yeah, it's Cause, weird because yeah, it it's so weird. was one that I didn't. Or, and sometimes it just happens that way, like you know when you were a kid and you were looking through the magazine and, and checking off the ten albums you want for a penny. Right. You know they might have had both Iron Maidens on there, and you just you just I'll take that one, and that's the one you get in the mail, so that's the one you listen to. And that's how you kind of get introduced right. to them, you know. And yeah. then. The second one you get, you maybe went to the uh, to the local drugstore, went into the you know uh, yeah. album section. Uh, I think the second one I got, oddly enough, um, was the very first one Iron Maiden, not uh-huh. even knowing that they had a new lead, a different lead singer. Uh-huh. So, anyways, uh, okay, so you've got uh, you've got some heavy hitters there. Yeah, you've got Shout the Devil, Out of the Cellar, and Power oh. Slave, mm-hmm. and I've got <laughs> Headhunter, Fastway, and Mean Streak. <laughs> Lord, okay. So I, I dare to even ask what your number two is. <laughs> now my number two, 
I uh, <laughs> this would be another probably T-shirt that you'd see at the county fair often with some of the uh, older boys. Survivor, lover boy, yeah, lover boy, survivor. Yeah. What? Um, no, but this actually is no joke. An album that um, I think is I think it's this band's best album. It 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 we're, we are veering off into a tiny bit of it. You could still this out uh, this band still fits in the the genre, but they're a little bit. It's it's not quite as, but it does kind of like okay. a you know the way Billy Idol fits into the genre right, too right. you know whatever. So the album is Frontiers, nineteen eighty three, Journey, Journey. Wow. So um, Journey's up there for you. I yeah, mean, I love that album. I, it's yeah, it's but such I a would great. Never even have considered it because I don't know. It's just not rocking enough for me. Oh it's man, a great album. it is. It is good because it's actually well. That's the funny thing is 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 it's actually. I think they're 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 kind of their most rocking album if you want to do that. And maybe they were influenced by some of the stuff coming out in the eighties, so maybe they thought they had to get maybe a tiny bit, you know, heavier, but you know, Separate Ways is such a good song. It I is. mean I don't know how many times sure. I hear that one I can always always play it again. So they have like Chain Reaction, After the Fall, Edge of the Blade, Trouble Child, uh, are all like pretty aggressive songs yeah, for, for for journey. Yeah. yeah, that's why one of the reasons I now it does have faithfully on here too, which is you know, but you know whatever. Skip over that song. Yeah. But edge of the blade, trouble trap, back talk is good. Frontiers and Rubicon. Um, I mean it's a, it's like I said for that's what I think that's why I think it became my favorite journey album because of the fact that it's a little bit more mm-hmm. I don't know what you could call it aggressive for journey, but you know it's it's a it's more rocking than what you would think of most journey stuff mm. and i think i can't even remember what album came after that but i think even after that they started going back to their more aor type of stuff right. yeah but this one i think fits in there so that's my number two and i've always loved this album start to finish i with, know you have but uh, yeah pick, I mean, it's a great album i'm not gonna take yep. that away from you i love the record yeah. i own it but yep. to pick that over <laughs> power slave or shout at the devil or pyromania <laughs> is just beyond I, you're just a you're lost for words you're like you're like iron maiden at the lost for words yes. right now um, <laughs> well so you didn't th- you didn't expect coming into this that you would hear me saying my top three or four <laughs> top four no. are y&t crocus fast way and journey <laughs> no good god i expected oh, i expected boy. like flick of the switch yeah well i told you i wanted oh. i really wanted to i wanted to swim in the deep end a little bit on this this well, episode you are way in the deep end <laughs> by yourself I yeah. <laughs> no one to help you yeah. right. <laughs> i have a feeling i have a feeling yeah, there's no uh, life preserver no, gonna be thrown to me not. is there no. okay all right what's your number two Ah, uh, God, my number two has, I in the last, I don't know, probably year, two years we've been doing this show, <clears throat> I've been referring to this as probably my number one uh, mm-hmm. for a long time, the takeover, uh, Shout Out the Devil. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's one that you and I, rec- we didn't know back in the day, mm-hmm. and we had recently discovered it in the last you know, five years or, sure, or so, sure. but uh, by Def Leppard, and I'm sure you can oh, yeah. Yeah, little high and dry, yeah, high and dry, yep. little high and dry. I mean, I went back again, and I was like, you know, I, I got to pick something different. I always talk about high and dry right, every episode. Right. I, I mentioned high and dry, mm-hmm, thing, but, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going to listen to it again. I'm, you know, I'm going to see because yeah. there's got and, dude, once again, yeah, I know. start to finish. I'm I know. Like, oh my god, this record is so damn good. Yeah, it's how it's how it's 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 Def Def Leppard's apex, I think for sure. Yeah. You know, it's when they peaked, and I mean, Pyromania is great. But High and Dry is actually really good. And again, it was weirdly one of those albums that for you and I growing up, you know, for me, I got, you know, we all had Pyromania. Right. And um, I ended up, again, probably picking off the BMG music 10 for, you got ten high for and a dry. penny. I remember when you got the High and Dry. No, I didn't get High and Dry. I got the first I mean, one. Uh, 
uh, on through the night. Yeah. 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 And so high and dry always as a kid alluded me to meaning like I always, I always saw it like, like neighbor kids would have it in their record collection. Yeah. Never really listened to it a ton. And Both of I us. mean, we knew the songs on it, but we just had never really like absorbed it, you exactly. know? And so, yeah, in the recent last couple of you know, years we've done that and yeah, it is, it is one of the better it's albums just, of that one of the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and so, so see, I mean, yes, I do pick the hits, but for me, you know, albums like Power Slave and High and Dry, they're even though you could you know, say they're from the Big Five, they weren't ones that I listened to at that time. Yeah, you know, because it was all about pyromania and, and that. Right, kind of right. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, my number one. Now, my number one is actually um, is is uh, this one is one I've I've recently, more recently than High and Dry, sort of began to absorb. Okay. Um, and it's really this band's very uh, most most obscure album, I think, of all the ones that they did in the '80s, um, and they did a lot, and they had a lot of big ones in the '80s. But this one is the the most obscure one of them. But I think it's 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 raw again. Like we like to use that term, raw, meaning yeah. it's just not it's not super fancy. It's not you know it's it's right as they were kind of coming to be more of a heavy metal band, so it still has elements of more of a hard rock band mm-hmm. before they transitioned to like pure on heavy metal. Okay, uh, it's Judas Priest's point of entry. Oh, point 81. of entry. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I tell you what, it's one. Of, that's, no, it's an awesome record. I mean, it is. It's and just, I'm, it's, and I'm proud of you actually for having a really good record <laughs> on your top five. So, now. You, so I, it's a little bit of redemption there. It is. is that, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, so I think I started. I got to be honest with you. I don't know when I have the vinyl. I've had the vinyl for a while Mm -hmm. and I don't remember though when I fully started absorbing this album, but, um, it's really, and I've got, I think my vinyl even has is the alternate. There's two covers to this, but it does have heading out to the highway, which was one of their eighties kind of hits. But the song don't go is awesome. The song turning circles, desert plains and solar angels, bam, bam, bam like that. Oh, such yeah. great stuff. Um, it is, it is. Yeah, and they do a song three is called Hot Rockin' and it is a little bit cheesy. You know, I want to go hot rockin'. Yeah. It's like <laughs> hot rockin', dude, come on. And maybe 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 that's like, you know, for um, Rob Halford, maybe there's, you know, right. maybe there's some other meaning of hot rockin', you yeah. know, so that only like certain people, <laughs> young <laughs> would knows that. But um, You Say Yes is a great song. I don't know. I just, it's one of those ones that I, like I said, I've just recently absorbed it and I, I really like it. And I think it's, I like it better than, to be honest, I like it better than Screamy and Offenders, which is strange. That's kind of crazy talk, yeah. but all right. Okay. All right. So that's my well, number one. Let's, uh, like let's fly through this. You're number one. So it's, it's, oh. it's got to either be Stay Hungry. No, this is going to shock a, you. Uh, yeah. going to shock you. And this is one that I started listening to a lot this week. And I've listened to Stay this. Hungry, Metal Health, you haven't said, and you haven't said, um, what was the other big five? What did we just say? Metal Health, you know, Motley Crue. Oh, um, Pyromania. So it's got to be yeah. one of those three. Or the other big one of that era was 1984. It's, it's got 1984. Is it? Ah. You mm-hmm. know what? I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I listened to this album probably, and I always love this album, but of course, because it was yeah. for Hoffer Teacher and the videos and right. David Lee Roth's pizzazz and, you know, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I really, really like listened to every lick of Eddie Van Halen, every drum fill of Alex and start to finish in. I actually like the songs like like the last couple songs more than the first couple songs now on this. I think I think personally that album's got 
one of my favorite David Lee Roth songs of all time, Drop Dead Legs. Drop Dead Legs is <clears throat> yeah, is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I have re- I have refallen in love. Like I never even gave like Girls Gone Bad and House of Pain. Mm-hmm. The last two songs, I was like, eh, they're good. Girls Gone Bad. Yeah. I I I listened to the song a hundred times in a row. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I've heard this song a thousand oh, times, I but I've never really heard it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. The guitar solos through it and the drum fills. Like, oh mm. God, dude. So yeah, and this this album does not have a bad song on it. This album doesn't even have a, a mediocre song on it. It is unbelievable. Start so you, you, uh, you, you even when you went back to it, you listened to Jump all the way through, huh? I did. I listened to even to the hits, and I was uh-huh. like, no wonder these are hits. These are so damn good. Yeah. Even yep. if these weren't hits, I would listen to Panama and Jump all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, and oh, God, it's so, so rad. So this was an easy pick for me to, to trump... Uh, Shout at the Devil and Power Slave, mm-hmm. which shocked me that it made the it bullfrog both of those, but it did. Or leapfrog. <laughs> bullfrog. Well, it actually kind of bullfrogged. It just like pulled them out of the way, you know? Maybe you and Rob Halford speak the same language over there. Dude. Don't be bullfrogging me later, okay? <laughs> um, all right, well. Um, Without a doubt, 1984 is my new favorite 80s record. Yeah, well, early I. 80s, I early 80s. Wow, okay. So, yeah. number 1984, the new favorite. Well, um, you know, girls that have gone bad were always your forte in the 80s so it makes sense but uh, all right well we'll move on to the uh late 80s The latter half of the decade, boy, we really, uh, we really spent some time on that first one. I think, you, I think it was just, it was just me having to explain myself with that first list, <laughs> right, is. with Crocus and Fastway. Okay, and Y&T. Y&T, yeah. Well, you know, new blood for me. So, um, all right. In the latter half of the '80s, like we talked about at the beginning, you know, th- this scene, this glam metal scene, did take a, a bit of a turn. Um, not completely, you know. It's, it's still glam you know, rock with some elements of blues and some elements of heaviness, but definitely some 
poppiness, you know, and I think I think the latter half got a little bit more pop appeal with the poison and the warrant. You know, Cinderella, the way they dressed was, but they were a little bit harder edged. You know, their right. music was a little bit rougher, probably mostly because of Tom Kiefer's voice. But um, it just it, a winger, you know, it just became. It's and this is, I think, I think the development of these bands in the late latter half of the eighties is really what ended up giving glam metal sort of the you know kiss of death, so to mm-hmm. speak. Going into the nineties, where you know people were just like, oh, this stuff is you know getting to be really cheesy and just right. But, you know, like I said, musically, some of the changes were, like we said before, a lot of keyboards started getting added. Uh, bands that never probably would have touched a keyboard before added some keyboards into it. Um, uh, I feel like, you know, MTV was huge now, you know, so a lot of these bands, you were seeing them on MTV and the flamboyancy of it was, you know. Yeah. Anyways. I, um, I agree. That had a lot to do with it. Yeah. So it's not like these two eras are completely different, but they're definitely, there's definitely, like I said, there's definitely a, a early 80s sound and look and a latter half of the 80s sound to look. A lot more bands in the latter half, too, because all these copycat bands yeah. that saw the success of the early 80s with Motley Crue and Rat and stuff like that started coming out in the latter half of the 80s. So, um, so you had to pick five of your favorite albums from the latter half. Um, and I didn't do the whole deep cut thing on this one, so I kind of went. Okay. I kind of okay. went straight up. These are truly probably my five favorite '80s, late '80s albums. Me as so. well, and I have a couple new ones in there that actually, like, uh, <clears throat> to coin my new phrase, bullfrogged. Yeah, <laughs> um, several of my classics Boy. out of the out of the list. All right. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you without ribbiting tell me what uh, your number five is? <laughs> my number five, and I didn't even want to do. I didn't, okay, I did not want to pick this as number five, dude, but I felt obligated. And then I went back and listened to it, which was painful in some spots because the songs are so played out, so played out. It's I almost can't listen to this record anymore. Because but it's yet it's still your popular. number five? Oh, okay. Because it's it just too played popular. Out. Yeah. But, but listening to it for what it was and trying to just listen to the musicianship of it and the attitude of it and the mm-hmm. lyrics, uh, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, yeah. Because um, yep. it really was a great record. I mean, and imagine it before it became famous. Yeah. You know, it had such an eclectic mix of, of sounds and slow and fast and heavy and Axel's voice changing, totally changing in different songs and about drugs and chicks and... It really was a great what, record. What, was that? Was that? Album, it was eighty-seven, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, Appetite sort of that was the kind of the beginning of a lot of the, the changes that were coming because they were, you know, like say Guns and Roses, even into the them ACDC and Van Halen were three bands that had prominence in the eighties, mm-hmm. and obviously the, the other two in the seventies as well. But you know, you could those we've talked about it before. But once once grunge sort of hit in. Those three bands were easy carryovers into the 90s that people that, you know, only listened to Soundgarden and Pearl Jam could still be, yeah, those right. bands are cool. Like, I still like, you know, Guns N' Roses could straddle the fence and be right. on, get a little, get a little both love from both sides. Um, yeah, I mean, Appetite's good, and you're right. It is, it's hard because it is overplayed, but, you know, it really is, I don't know, it really is great. I mean, all the, as a matter of fact, the, the, the quote unquote deep cuts on that, you know. Yeah. Are awesome. I mean, they really are. They're, they're, I like them a lot better now, of course. Because yeah, I can't stand listening to, you know, Sweet Child of Mine or Paradise City. Anymore. Right, can't take right. it. But. It's so easy. That's yeah. awesome. My number five is another brand new one to me. Um, but I just like I say, it was brand new to me as of last week or two weeks ago when we did our uh, we did our episode with the songs with the word rock in them. <laughs> and this this uh, this album has two of them. Had two of them. Um, but it's it's. 
I don't know, like I said last or last episode, where has this album been on my life? It's the Ace Fraley, Fraley's Comet, it's the first one. God, I just, I'm telling you, man, it is amazing how like much I dig that album now. And I, up until last week, honestly, if, if you played me a song on it, off of it, I wouldn't be able to tell you, I might've been said, yeah, it sounds like Ace singing. I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything about it now. Yeah. I love the album. I got to listen to it. All right. I got to listen to nah, it. It's not, I'm telling you, it's great. So it's Ace Fraley, Fraley's Comet, 87, you know, it's just, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's got some, you know, there's some cheese to it, but it's good. I really like oh. it. So. That's I my number five, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so far, wait, I'm so far, you wouldn't have thought that I would have had Ace Fraley, Crocus, Fastway, and Y&T all in my no, list. I don't know who you are. Right I wouldn't now. have thought that uh, a year ago either, so. I don't know who you are. <laughs> all right. Number all right, four. Number four. Uh, my number four, it's not my favorite album from this band, but it's an album that I think the era needed to keep it... Uh, how should I say staying PC here to keep it from not getting so pussyish, mm, mm. you know, um, because you were getting the warrants and, you know, you were getting yep. the white lions and sorry, uh, you, were, you were getting a lot of these, a lot of these bands that were so you. poppy. Dare and you. When this mm. album came out, this album was like a big F you. We're going to be different. We're going to be ourselves. And that is uh, Skid Row's initial album. Oh, it was okay. hard and heavy. Had a couple ballads on it. Is it know? just called Skid Row or is it it's called just called Skid Row, yeah. It is. It's just self-titled. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. God, but. I mean that was it was you gotta admit, for the time it was really different when it came out. Yeah, it was a little bit more, you know, I I mean, of course they they, they get super lumped into the eighties glam scene because of I remember you. Yeah. You know, but really I remember you is like the only thing on that album. I mean, I guess eighteen in life too. But really, yeah, if you go and you listen to that album, the other stuff that's on it, you it's know, heavy. Big Gun, Sweet Little Sister, stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's he- it's definitely different than... It's a lot more like Guns N' Roses than it is all the glam stuff at the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. It's And, the, and Skid Row really was never, um, you know, flamboyant with their dress. Even in that first album, they were more like kind of the black leather and t-shirts right, right. kind of people. They weren't, you know, they weren't blonde teased hair and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting that Skid Row does definitely get lumped into it. and I think honestly if they didn't have the song I Remember You, I wonder if they would really if they would be almost more more like that Guns N' Roses Van Halen type going into the 90s. Of course mm-hmm. then they had Slave to the Grind which was, you know, a yeah. monster album. Right. Uh my number 4 is definitely my in my top 5. It's it's um Vivid Living Color. I knew that was going to make yeah, it. I yeah. knew that one. I got that album based on Cult Personality, that mm-hmm. song. Wanted the whole album. Got It was my one of my first... Did we talk about that? That was my... Was that my first CD? Yeah, it was my first yeah. CD I ever bought. It was Living Colors Vivid back in like 88 or whatever when CDs were starting uh-huh. to first come out. And I listened to that thing frontwards and backwards. And to this day, you know, I know every song on it. I mean, Cult of Personality, obviously, you've heard a thousand times. Right. And, you know, I could do without songs like Glamour Boys, but... The rest of the album is really, really good. I mean, it it's, is. it's just a, it's a, it's a, it was a different take on the heavy metal. Not just because there were four, you know, black guys in a mostly white dominated genre. Yeah. Um, but it just their approach at it because they were all kind of music school guys too. Mm-hmm. And so they've, I mean, it's not their, that album is not glam, but they definitely had that glam look to them. Right. Remember that video? I mean, they're totally like, you know, they, right. They got a, they, the black guys like doing a glam look, which was I don't know, it was kind of unique at the time, and, and the album is really good musicianship wise. God, it's great, you know. It is. It's, it's really great. Vernon Reed is amazing. Yeah. 
okay. Good pick. I know. I like that pick. That's number good. I can number, see that. number four of the late '80s album for you was, or yeah, four. So number three, we're on number three. three now. Oh yeah, sorry. So I went uh, Appetite for Destruction, yep. um, then Skid Row, self-titled, and number three is one that completely leapfrogged. I've always loved this record. Did it leapfrog or bullfrog? It bullfrogged actually. <laughs> it rammed right through the throw of the one. <laughs> always loved this, but you know. Uh, listening back again, you know, going mm-hmm. back and revisiting, and I hadn't listened to this album in years because I listened to it so much when it came out. Yeah, so going back to it, and I was like, "Wow, this I like this better than Night Songs. I like this better than Invasion of Privacy. I like this better than all these other ones." And sure, that is the great radio controversy from Tesla. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. love it, start to finish. So many, every song <sighs> is so different from each other. I mean, it's really right, a complete right. album musically, and God, yeah. his voice is so good in that. Yeah, I mean, so. no, I agree. Um, um, yeah, it is. Uh, it is good. Okay, uh, my number three is actually finally from. I think I kind of disparaged to this album a little bit earlier, just because of the production on it, and I, I really wish production wise. I just read a little bit about it, and um, it was a rushed album, or at least the band members felt like they rushed through it. Mm-hmm. I happen to think it's their. It's all in all, probably my favorite album by these guys. But again, the only thing that stinks on it is the, is the production. It has more of the sound of the production, like Girls, Girls, Girls. Some reason in that in that that eighty six, eighty five, eighty six, eighty yeah. seven range, there were some, some of these albums that were good, but the production really dipped off on some of these. You know, yeah. let me take a guess at it. Yeah, Reach for the Sky, the other one, uh, Dancing Undercover. Oh, Dancing Undercover. Okay, yeah, because that was one I got. That was an album again. I got off the BMG list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd already known Rat. Is right when it came out. I remember I got it, and I just I listened to the hell out of that album. You know, um, that's great, great. Yeah, I mean Seventh Avenue. Um, it's, you know, Slip of the Lip is is okay. Um, that's like the big hit off that. Um, I don't know. I've always I've always really really loved that album, and I think you know. Of course, they had the song Dance on it, which yeah. was kind of a hit for them. But yeah, it's it's probably my favorite oh, rat album. Dude, I could put frontwards backwards. But, I could put that and Invasion of Your Privacy. Probably both in the right, top 10 right. of the later 80s. And, and one of the things I read about it, I think it was Bobby Blotzer who was uh, talking about it, is that is that they did feel rushed. And a lot. it's it's weird because it's kind of like with Anthrax Stomp 442 album. You know, uh-huh. the band doesn't like the album. They don't. A lot of the rap people say that this uh, that album is not one of their favorites, not one of their best. Wow. But it ends up, it always seems like <laughs> the ones that they don't like yeah. the, are some of the ones I like the best. Right, yeah, me too. You know? Me too. Um, so, Good pick. That, now that pick I can get behind. Yeah, right? yeah. Get behind yeah. That. Just don't get behind me and bullfrog me, okay? <laughs> um, all, right. all right. Number two. So number two. Uh, my number two. God, has always been, was always my favorite from this band sure. until uh, we talked about Power Slave. Mm-hmm. And you could probably take a guess. Iron Maiden. Number two. Somewhere in Somewhere time. time. Yeah. Okay. It just, it, it's got a couple songs that I'm not big a fan of, but the. You know, Stranger in a Strange Land and the Somewhere in Time. The, yeah, the yeah. songs that are good are mm-hmm. so Heaven damn can wait. Good. Yes. Yeah. They're so good. So it was actually was my number one for I was like, Oh, this we're doing this list, that's my number one. Yeah. yeah but was... then I, I got a number one that easily trumped it. So. Oh wow. So yeah. yeah. So you had some you had uh you you had some um, things happen to you over the course of this listening to this over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, because I, I, I almost like you went through like me, uh, late eighties puberty. I did. Yeah, I did. And I actually, this was number one. And then I was like, well, what about, I always thought of this record, which I'll, I'll get to him in a moment mm-hmm. as early eighties. Cause I always remember listening to it as a little kid, but for some reason I was like, it came out when like yeah. no way. So yeah, 
Oh, Anyways. you're talking about so you're number one. Number one. You wouldn't have assumed it was late '80s at first yeah, when you first think about it. Huh? All listening to it uh-huh. so much, but anyways. Uh, well, yeah. my number two is is um, it, well, it's one that that I don't know how or why I I I it's somehow it was one of the last glam albums that I really got into before before I started to sort of expand my horizons to like started listening more like Jimi Hendrix and the late you know mm-hmm. the clash punk stuff and even even rap and stuff like that later into high school and stuff like that but as a kid liking this genre of music I think this was one of the last ones that I bought and again when you're a kid at our age you know and there was a lot of video games to do we weren't playing on iPads you know if we got a new cassette or something we would go in and oh, we would we listen do. to the hell out of it on our Walkman, in our right. in our room, whatever. So, some reason this album, all ten songs on it. Um, I mean, I can I can like air drum this entire album. You uh, know what I mean? Uh, and it's the one that's sitting right here in front of us. Oh, it's autograph. Sign in, I please. <laughs> We've talked about it before. You know that's one that I um, that I oh, love. Yeah. But yeah, every song on it is just it's it's cheesy. It's so eighties, but like. You know, matter. it's just one of those ones that I just like, I love putting it just, it's an album that just takes you back, you know, to when right. I was like, like 12 years old and I remember I got it. I would even ask, I'd even bring it with me in the car and ask my parents to play it, you know, and it just was one, it was a lot, la- I feel like it was one of the last eighties albums I just, you know, just listened to all the time. Right. And so I got to know it and like I said, Thrill of Love was a great song that we played a little bit earlier. Um, I mean, it's got cheesy stuff like a song called Cloud 10. Not Cloud 9, Cloud 10. <laughs> one better. Yeah, it's one better than Cloud 9, baby. I'm taking you to Cloud 10. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. If, if 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 people haven't listened to it a ton, you should listen to it more. It's Again, it's full it's great. cheesy 80s, I it. I but I, I think the album's awesome. So autograph sign in, please, number one. Or That's two. Number two. Yeah. Okay. Good choice. I actually thought that was going to be your number one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so my number one, like as I alluded to yeah. before, um, something that I mean, I I literally wore this cassette tape out where it wouldn't work anymore. I listened to it that much, hmm. but I always thought it was earlier because maybe because I listened to it for so long, so hmm. many times. But um, it's a a simple album. It's like like we like, you know, ten mm-hmm. I don't know ten eleven songs. Sure. It's like a half hour long. Mm-hmm. There's no snoozers on there. They even do a cover. It's an amazing cover. Um, you and I played one of the songs in our band. We did yeah. a cover. We did a cover in our band of one of these songs, and Is it's that right? uh, the Colts Electric. Uh, uh-huh, yeah, the Colts uh-huh. Electric. I think it was like '87 or something. And for some uh, reason, I always thought it was like '85 or something. Like yeah, older, I think it, but, you know, you're right. Yeah, I think love, it, of course. Yeah, you know, but, I think it was '87. Yeah. yeah, God, the Colts Electric. I mean, come on, start to finish. It, to yeah. me, it's like an ACDC where you can right. just put it in. Right. It's kind of simple riffs. Yeah, oh, but, it is. Yeah. But so it's just rock and roll, dude. It's straight up rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, I mean there's no doubt. I guess you know it's funny is I didn't even that that probably should have made my list too. That I didn't it's one of those just one of those ones that didn't dawn on me when I was yeah. making this list maybe because I was I had my head so far up the glam thing yeah, but yeah. um yeah, I mean and it was a crossover like you said. It wasn't yep. really glam but no. it kind of passed. Yeah, yeah. I mean you could uh, you could I mean you could easily in 87 have, you know, um a uh Motley Crue rat and then the colt electric you know right. all in your little cassette tape holder or whatever you know yeah and that was that was it too i think i think when we started when that album came out you know i was at that point sort of you know listening to some of the 80s stuff the colt you know the clash stuff mm-hmm. i started kind of getting into other stuff too but yeah you know that that electric probably should be on my list 
because I, I like you um, know that album, every single song on it. I could probably, I could probably air drum that entire album. Yep. Um, and <laughs> exactly. yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's one of the best. I mean, it's one of the best of all time. It Honestly, really if, if you had to re- if I had to really pin pin it down, I could pick any genre, any album, and make had to make a top ten of all mm-hmm. time. There's probably a good chance that that album right. would be in there. Exactly. That's yeah. That's how good it is. So, um, my number one of the late '80s, and it just squeaked into the late 80s okay um i mean it was it was released uh actually it was originally released in um uh oh yeah so its original release was in japan in 1985 okay it didn't release here in the states until 86 okay um but this once again it's one of those albums where like i have no idea why or how it became so you know it's like with the autograph one or whatever, yeah. how it, how I just know it, how I just loved it. Cause I think, I think it was the, I think this was the second album I got from this band. The first one I got was the one that everybody had. And then I went back and got this one. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? It's gotta be kiss. No, no, no. You said the first, uh, God, it's not Def Leppard. No, no. Damn. Couldn't be Def Leppard. Cause it would be a hysteria and it wouldn't be that. I'm just. I'm trying to think of. I knew your collection. I know your collection is as good as you, and I know when you got new records and what yeah. you listen to all the time. Come on, so you got to know this. We've we've talked about this That'd before. Be White Lion. White Lion's first album, baby. Oh, <laughs> it's fight to survive. God. You know how much I love that White Lion album. I know you did. Oh. I never knew why. <laughs> well, you got see that's one you got to I mean, go back I like and listen it. to. Yeah. I like it because I, that's my favorite genre of music. So right. I love it. Yeah. But on the love scale of stuff other stuff yeah to choose from. it's not gonna be there no. <laughs> well I, I swear to god one of these days you're you're gonna be here with one of those gifts that you find and you're gonna like you're gonna be a garage sale or something you're gonna come across a white lion t-shirt and it's gonna be and it's gonna be what you know how most rock t-shirts um are black yeah with the logo you're gonna find me like a white one <laughs> it's gonna, it's white, just, white a white white lion shirt it's just gonna have that 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 uh lion face on it you the know black eyes. <laughs> yeah oh because that would be like so you know so white lion-ish it to do have a white so... a white rock t-shirt yeah. you know <laughs> but i'm telling you what the first white lion album it whatever for whatever reason it just it stuck to me it's a little bit it's more it's not as it's not as um you know it's not sad it doesn't sound like pride really mm-hmm. It's them really, really early. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, it's, I just, I love the album. It's just a great album. It's, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of the songs are a little bit, you know, he, he gets a little quasi political and stuff like that in them. But, you know, I just, I just take that for what it is. I, uh, I love the album, but like I said, it bear, it doesn't really reek of the late eighties sound. No. It, actually, I would have, I actually originally thought it was like 84 mm-hmm. and then, so it was going to be my, one of my tops in the other one, but I looked at it and it was actually 85 in Japan 86 here wow. so huh. white lion okay. debut album fight to survive my number one so looking back on you know now that so, you've let now me just get this straight yeah we start the show yep from from a number one on uh crocus <laughs> and we end the show on white lion <laughs> yeah, what the right. hell are we talking about here so hey we're a show about 80s rock I and mean, we got to include everything in here yeah you know, start with crocus and with Jesus. white lion <laughs> somewhere in the middle sprinkled uh, in those bands like rat motley Crue, van halen bands. yeah just yeah we, we'll give those bands some love too but we gotta we gotta bookend the show with crocus and white lion right jesus um so anyways if you had to now now that you've not just the ones that we've mentioned here but if just looking at it as a whole and knowing what you know and having listened to a lot of this stuff over the last couple of weeks in mm-hmm. preparation for this i mean 
do you have a preference, late eighties versus early eighties? If if you had to choose one, and, and someone said you're you know you're going on a drive cross country, you can only listen to stuff from eighty to eighty four or eighty five to eighty nine. What what are you? Oh, picking? early eighties without a doubt, without a doubt, without a doubt, easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because my early eighties, I went through about forty or fifty records to make this list. Yeah, late eighties, I was like, there's about a dozen that stuck out in my head. That's you know? funny because it was like the exact reverse for me. Really? Yeah. There was like in the early eighties, there was the big five that we talked about, which you uh-huh. know, again, I mean. Um, I mean, obviously you have Lick It Up and Creatures of the Night from mm-hmm. Kiss. Um, you have, you know, you have the Crocus Headhunter. You have, a, <laughs> I mean, you have some great ACDC ones in there, you know, Holy Diver, High and Dry. But I felt like I, I probably only had about, you know, 10 to 12, like really awesome ones that I thought I, you know, late 80s ones though. I mean, I, we just scratched the surface there with those, you know, because I don't know, yeah. there's, there's like, you know, the Cinderella albums are great. Um, I love, you know, I love the winger album in the, the the debut album the skid row debut album there was just a lot more to bands and a lot more to choose from there because there were bands but what i found was mm-hmm. the early 80 bands was i was having trouble between two albums on each so that doubled mm-hmm. my list you know, yeah was it is it too fast for love or shout the devil is yeah. it high and dry or pyromania you know what i mean right. it's like i think Lock the kiss had two great yeah. albums like so many bands had a couple albums i was right. like shit I think Whereas the quality, they, yeah. I think the yeah. quality of the albums in the early '80s were better because you know they were they were just getting discovered. They were probably taking. Their, by the time the eight, late '80s rolled around, you know, and you can see it or hear it in some of the albums, production-wise, and maybe stuff like that, like the Dancing Under Covers and the Girls, yeah. Girls, Girls. You know, I think I think that there was a rush to sign bands. There was a rush to you know establish bands to get something out. Um, you know, I mean, late '80s also had you know blow up your video ACDC. Yeah. Not great, but again, production-wise, I don't think it's nearly as as full as some of the other ones. So yeah. yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, I guess I guess in all in all, the early '80s probably had the better um, albums sound-wise. They just they just felt like they took their time more. Right. Whereas the late '80s probably did have more to choose from. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't because newer bands coming out, jumping on the on the bandwagon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there was a, yeah, there was a ton coming. L.A. Right. Guns coming out. You know. Oh, yeah. I mean, just all that. Yeah. There's all those a, guys. T- a faster Pussycat. Yep. I mean, just keep going on. Um, uh, Dawkin, we d- we didn't mention any Dawkin. We didn't. I was God. hoping we'd get out one Dog show without uh, mentioning Dawkin or Bon Jovi, God. and you managed to squeeze Dang in it. both yeah. of those damn bands, dude. <laughs> Dang it! There is. I, I do think that um, uh, the a couple of the Dawkin albums could, in my opinion, you know, they. I, I think their early ones were probably the what is it? Uh, Tooth and Nail. Tooth and Nail. Yeah, and then there was. Like back for the attack yeah. was or late late eighties ones. Oh, and Judas Priest even started dabbling. You know, I listened to a little bit of like Ram It Down, mm-hmm. which I really haven't. <laughs> I just think of Rob Halford. And oh that man. Yeah, well, some yeah, some of those like the 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 these are the things lover that and ram yeah. it down and like, Turbo Lover uh, Ram It Down. Boy, if anybody really knew back in the day, you know. know. But um. Yeah. Okay. Well, that has well, been one of these days. We got to do like a mm. an early nineties, like ninety to ninety five. Well, yeah, we've we've dabbled a little bit on a show talking about the glam rock bands of the '90s, or not yeah. the glam stuff that came out in the '90s that was still consi- could be considered glam, and how that yeah. how that sound sort of started. Matter of fact, there's an argument to be made that you know Warrant had their best album in the '90s, early '90s. Uh, Winger had their best album in the '90s. Um, Skid Row did. Yeah. Um, uh, Rat had their best album. Oh wait, not Rat. Um, Rat did actually have a good album in the '90s though. Yeah, Detonator was ninety, wasn't it? Remember that self-titled album that came back out? Yeah, that was late, even later nineties. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but I mean, even Stephen Piercy with Arcade, that first album was great. Widowmaker with Dee Snyder was great Mm -hmm. in the nineties. So yeah, I mean, there was 
There's a ton. Yeah, we could actually delve into some of those in a different show. All right. For sure. Well, cool. This was a fun one. Yeah. All right. Well, that's... I mean, uh, other than your choices were horrible, <laughs> but this is a great show. <laughs> that's a wrap for Headbangers Rock Show, where we uh, talk about Crocus, Fastway, YNT, anything. We'll talk about anything <laughs> on this goes. show. Anything goes. Um, yeah. All right. Late 80s. So we, we, I think we conclude, both of us, that maybe early 80s has has a has a, a, a good, decent-sized lead going around the track yeah. versus the late 80s. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think we're in agreement. Oh, see, I didn't I didn't have to go the other way on this one, you know. I stuck right uh, in line like with it. the, even even having, you know, fast way in my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Headbangers Rock Show. We'll uh, talk to you guys on the next episode, which will come in a little while after we, or after he, Chris over here gets done Really, really giving Crocus Headhunter a real good listen this week. This is true. A real good listen. And you tell you can report back to us next episode and tell me if it if it moved the needle for you at all on Crocus. Sounds good. All right. Until homework. next time. Stay metal. We'll see you then. Stay metal.